welcome to the Press Conference Podcast, where we bring you the pressing information nobody asked for. I'm Dave, and I'm here with my co-host Phil. How's it going, man? Not bad, man. How about you? Yeah, doing good. Doing good. It's coming close to the end of the year. I'm I'm getting pretty excited to to go through our um our end of year lists, but that's not until next episode. Uh, this one's going to be pretty fun too. I'm super stoked. Uh... We've got two more of the year. Can you believe it? Like we've done a bunch of episodes. It's come down to these last two. I'm glad we're kind of squeezing this one in because it's one that I think when we first started talking about it, I'm like, how cool would it be doing this? And maybe we can like roll this mm. kind of theme over every year. And um, it's nothing groundbreaking, but yeah, can you just talk music and not? Yeah. Hey, we're not having a mixtape for the first time in a few weeks as well. Yeah, it's um, it's good to just be you and I and kind of just being able to riff a little bit and. Yeah. Get back to our roots in a way. We love the mixtapes, but um, they uh, they they can take it out of us a little bit, I reckon. I mean, they're great chats, and I think I listen back and I'm like, fuck, we've we've spoken a lot of stuff about heaps of different things, and um, yeah, I love it. But I think it's good to to do one of these, and probably good prep for next 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 episode. Whenever we're recording that, I don't think we've actually figured that out yet. But no. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, album of the years and all that kind of stuff. I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Uh, and I've been trying my hardest not to talk to you, so we're not kind of spoiling anything for the pod, but so much good music to talk about. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, what's been going on? Have you been any, to any gigs or anything this week? No. I had um, my work breakups on the weekend, which is why I sound a bit dusty at the moment. I think uh, my voice is a bit cooked at the moment. I might get You might get a cheeky cough midway. Um yeah, just a big weekend. Like it was out Friday and then out Saturday as well. And then yesterday was a bit of a recovery day. <laughs> they were recording nice. on Monday. What about you? Uh yeah, no gigs as well. Uh saved myself for, for early Jan. There's a few coming up. Uh just had my wife Lauren's birthday. Um so had some celebrations. Happy Went birthday, to... Lauren. Yeah, happy birthday. I don't know if she actually listens, but we'll find out. Yeah, but, don't tell um, it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we had a nice weekend, um, had a big Chris Friendmas thing, and nice. and yeah, just really didn't stop. So here we are, it's Monday, one week to go until Christmas, and yeah. It's... Can't wait, fly down to Melbourne on Friday um, for Christmas and, and maybe New Year's. I'm not sure how long I'm going to be down for, but um, I can't wait. It's going to be good weather down there too. It's going to be warmer than Sydney, can you believe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't believe it because Melbourne is better than Sydney. And I can't wait for the cricket. Um, yeah. Day one's going to be good, so the test. So, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all coming. I can't believe it's the end of the year. It's gone so quick. Absolutely has. Um, I've also got some Melbourne news, a bit of a Melbourne flex. I'm not sure if you saw today, but today? Uh, not fest sold out today in Melbourne. I did see that. You didn't get a ticket, did you? No, I didn't want a ticket. But <laughs> I'm just saying you're from Sydney, aren't you? I'm not coming to Sydney for NotFest. <laughs> I might have to because the tickets are available. They'll be they'll be giving them away, I think. So I was surprised um, I sold out. I mean, I'm sure people are buying them for people for Christmas, right? That's got to be the reason it sold out so quick. Maybe. maybe I mean, it could just, just be the good. It's a good lineup. Yeah, it's fine. People people better go and see Knock Loose, not just go for like Parkway or something. Yeah, there's a few good bands on there. Just a few. Um, yeah. Well, we move into the, the latest pickups. 
been pretty light on uh, the last couple of weeks, which is just good. The the want list is is coming down. I've got a couple in transit, but I um I had uh, drug church hygiene delivered during the week. I didn't, in I didn't know you episodes. got that. That was very under the radar, Dave. Yeah, it popped up on um in AVVC for a Lovely. for a good price, and it's a really nice looking record. It's just a hardcore punk band that well, I'm a lot of, a lot of those pure noise records actually came out really nice this year. I think like they've really surprised yeah. me this year. Yep, that's the second best pure noise album to come out this year. What was the first? Uh, Counterparts. Oh, Counterparts was pure noise, wasn't it? Fuck yep. yeah. Yeah, so that's the second best one. All the rest under that stink. <laughs> um, is that it? You, you got? Yeah, that's it. I have actually not gotten too much either. Um, but what I did get last week, finally, after a long time in transit, I got um, my copy of Euthanasia by Stray from the Path. Mm, nice. I've got the really nice like turk like blue with the purple splatter or pink splatter, whatever the color is. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it sounds so good. Every time I listen to that, I just feel like this could arguably be one of the best records of the year. Um, it's so fucking good. It just it's there's nothing like it that's come out this year. Yeah. Um, but I'll save it for next week. <laughs> best you do. Yeah, that is yeah. a great album. I remember when you said you got it. I jumped straight back in and listened to it from start to finish, and like you can. It could get you to throw a chair through a window and smash Honestly, some stuff up. I want to run through a wall when I listen to that record. Like, I'll put it on, and you've got to listen to it loud. It's got fucking sick bass. The fucking riffs are sick. The lyrics are sick. Just everything about them is really good, and I think this is probably arguably one of my favorite records from them. Yeah, Like, I haven't been fully sold on them until this record, to be honest. Um but I'll put it on like when I'm doing the fucking dishes or something and I'll just want to dance and like just smash things. It's just like, it, it's not, not many records this year have given me that feeling. Mm. If any, actually, to be honest. So yeah. I'm I'm so we'll talk it. about it next week. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> it's a cheeky preview for next week. Yeah. Moving on to the pressing suggestions. Do you want to go first with this one? Yes. So, um, I didn't really know what to do for the one this week because I actually have just been listening to records either from this episode or from next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to do one that I'm not going to talk about next week. I might mention mm. it, but it came out this year. I only actually started listening to it last week. Just when I was looking through like what did come out this year and I didn't even realize this auto saved to my Apple Music. Mm-hmm. Um, they're an indie band from Australia, indie rock band from Australia called Last Dinosaurs. I'm not sure if you heard of them before, Dave. I recognize the name. Are they a Triple J kind of band? That yeah, they, they started off Triple J and they're, they're probably, yeah. I mean, Triple J these days is very like hip hop rap. Yeah. So I don't even know if you'd say it's Triple J anymore, but they're just, yeah, like standard indie rock, but they've they've got a really nice twang to their guitars and just their lyrics. And it's really summery. It makes you feel really good. They're really big in, in, in like Mexico. They've mm-hmm. got Japanese roots. They've been pretty big there. And like, I think America seemed to get around them a lot. Yep. And I think they're just a band that's fallen into the trap of Australia don't have that many cities that you can play regularly, so they're always overseas. So yeah, that's a little bit of a bummer, but they are coming, and I do have tickets to them next year I'm pretty keen for. But the record is called From Mexico With Love by Last Dinosaurs. Cool. Came out this year. I just missed it. Um, it's just a good summer record. Like, put it on. I think this band in particular was a band that like I fell in love with when I heard their first record um, in a million years. Is the name of that album, and 
they're just fun. And I think they're one of those first bands that kind of really emphasized on really positive music, indie kind of dance music that you'd want to dance to, but also chill out to on the couch during summer or on the beach or something. But their lyrics were pretty deep and I could relate mm-hmm. to them a lot of the time. And they're just a band that's always been there through the years. Uh, they've got four records, four albums now, and I think they're just doing really well. And this record is no different. So I just want to feature it this week. Nice. Songs Very I good. want to call out. Um, the two songs I want to call out that I think people should go listen to. I'm going to put Collect Call on there. It's one of the lead singles from the record. Um, it's a really good song. It's an absolute bop. But my favorite deep cut, I guess you could say, <laughs> that isn't kind of one of the singles is Put Up With The Weather. Um, oh, sorry. Put Up With The Weather. It's got an exclamation mark. So had to... <laughs> Do it, do it justice. But yeah, two great songs. Go listen to it. Let me know what you think. It's not a complete pop record. Definitely more in that indie rock space, but just good vibes for summer. And like, you know, as the weather gets better, go listen to it. I'm sure you'll like it. Awesome. Well, what do you got? Um, we're on the same wavelength, All right. you and I, because I've got an album that uh, only kind of really got back into the last couple of weeks. And... Um, it won't be spoken about next week because it also came out this year. Okay, nice. Um, so it's Torch Songs by Ways Away. Nice. So yeah, nice. those who those who don't know about uh, Ways Away, there it's a side project for um, Jesse Barnett, who's a singer of Stick to Your Guns, and is also joined by members of um, Sam I Am, Paint It Black, and Racket Club, and Boy Sets Fire. So it's pretty elite group of people making music it's more of a kind of standard punk album but i really really love their first album which is self-titled yeah. came out two years ago and this came out and it was just around the whirlwind of um counterparts inclination all those big albums that came out not like october september october yep and i kind of missed it but i went back to it today and and a few weeks ago and just really, really enjoyed it. Just listened to it like back to back to back and was really enjoying it. And I just didn't, I don't think I've given enough time for it to make the list this year. What kind of but, um, side project is it? Like what, what would you say the for fans of is for this? Um, I reckon it's probably for fans of Sam I Am. Um, okay. A little bit of Boy Sets Fire. Like, um, All right. It's almost trade windy, early trade wind. So it's like, it's not very Tomorrow. fast. It's like tempoed. Okay. Just like, yeah. Yeah, cool. Kinda, they pl- they have a split with Iron Chick as well. So that kind okay, of realm. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so really cool. Um, I was surprised to hear on my first listen that uh, Jeremy from Touche has got a feature on one of their songs. Nice. Which is sick, and that's going to be my mention for the week, uh, Heaven's Lathe, it's called. Yeah. Uh, it's track number three, and like you, it's not what you expect from, from Jeremy, so it's like a little bit dialed back, but you can still tell it's him, and it's delivered really well. So, yeah, go out and listen to Torch Songs, uh, waiting for some vinyl to, to kind of come into second press because that first press went super quick. There was only like 500 of them. Yeah. Um, but that all comes out through Germany, so it's really hard to, um, really costly. Yeah. It'll pop up at Resist, fingers crossed. So yeah, yeah. Kind of say, 
I can't wait to listen to that song with Jeremy. Um, do you have another song you want to call out, actually, before I go on this tangent? Yep. Um, we'll pop in <laughs> The Only Living Boy in LA. It's a really catchy, like, punk song. It's really good. Yeah, I'm keen to check it out. Um, but just talking about Jeremy, um, their 15-year show, firstly, can you believe that they've been around for that long? I cannot. Sorry, I can believe it, but... Fuck it! It, it kind of hit me. I was like, "Shit!" Mm. Like you know, they're one band that I've I've been listening to for a long time. But you know, sometimes you don't take a step back with these bands that you listen to like religiously today, still that are releasing new music and think, "Fuck, they've been around that long." Yeah, and um, really haven't missed. They have not missed, man. They have not missed. They are releasing some of the best music today. I don't see enough people talking about them in Australia, um, but. He'll they'll come out again, but just their fifteen year shows that I know we're both in the Discord and we we see that stuff and yeah, but they're playing like or like for four albums like over two nights like that yeah. would be two shows that I would pay a lot of money to go and see, but that's going to be real special. Yeah, and I think night two's already sold out, and night one's at like ninety seven percent. It's like a day and a half, so. As if you wouldn't just buy both, like, <laughs> I mean, I get it's probably expensive and, and things like that, but yeah, fuck. You we'd, we'd buy we both, get that again. yeah, that's right. We'd buy both, but I think sometimes I feel that like America's spoiled for shows a little bit. Oh, I do like, feel that what? too. Yeah. So they'll be like, oh, it'll just happen again. It'll happen again. So yeah, I think that's why we show up a lot like in Australia because they're few and far between. Fuck, not in Sydney. People still aren't going to shows. <laughs> Fucking Sydney. Well, that's why we show up in Melbourne. <laughs> Why don't I move to Sydney sometimes, I think, but um, <laughs> that's all right. We will live, we will kick on. Um, anything you want to talk about before we intro the topic this week? Um, no, I think that's that's it. Uh, do you want to do a quick little Furnace Fest update without the intro? So, oh, fuck, the Furnace Fest. Yeah, so... Um, we're not p- playing the intro because I am no longer going. I am. I'm so excited for it. Um, who did they just add this week, Dave? Hedomatica. I don't know who that is. Should I? Uh, they're a prog rock man from 90s, 2000s, I think. Look at that. Me, I sound like a fucking brat talking about like, who's this band? Who? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think, um, there's not really much going on except for that, right? Yeah. Um, saving is going quite poorly. <laughs> it is the season of Christmas. I'm not buying records or anything. I'm just like, hear my voice. I had a big weekend. So, um, yeah, it's going fine. Christmas is coming. It'll, it'll go. And then I always said next year would be when I really knuckle down. Um, we're still on budget. I've planned this out for the next 10 months. So, but nothing really to update. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so should we get into the, uh, the pressing topic? Yeah, so you would have seen the episode title, so this is not a surprise, but yeah, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, it's just something that I thought would be really cool to do at the end of the year. Um, you know, I've seen like a few back in the day when I used to watch a lot of like YouTube shows um, and there were like a lot of rap and R&B stuff that they would do this every year and kind of look at a few years ago and in the past and kind of review. And I know that I've seen a few like publications, I guess, do it here and there. Um, but I think especially this year, so looking back at 2012 and what came out then, 
I think this was a really special year for music in a lot of ways. Um, and especially when you go through the list, like there's a lot more in that year that, that, than I even thought initially. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. So I thought it'd be cool to go back and just review 2010, like 10 years on. What, what's happening with that music? What were we doing back in the day? Uh, what did that music mean to us now? And I thought we'd just review it and talk to it. We might do some power rankings and fuck, just talk music. That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into it. Are we playing the smash? Yeah, we played the smash. Play oh, the smash. smash. Twenty twelve, ten years ago, what a mountain of music's come out and what a fitting year to kind of cap the, the decade off with this year and all the amazing music that's come out. It's kind of inspired this episode. Twenty yeah, fuck. It's crazy when you think about it. And to be honest, there was one record in particular that I knew for sure came out in twenty twelve. Um and I think that's a big reason why I want to do this and talk about that record, but we'll get to mm-hmm. that later. Um, I'm sure you can pick which one I'm thinking of. Yeah. But like in life, like where were you at 10 years ago? Cause I'm sure, like, we're, we're a slightly different age. I think you would have been a different time to me. 2012 was yep. one of the best years of my life and worst years of my life. Like it's one of those kind of love, hate things, but right. where were you 10 years ago? I was still living at home. Same. Second, <laughs> second year into my traineeship. So I'm still at the same workplace and I, I am now. Have you been there for over 10 years or 10 years? Yeah. Uh, this is oh. my 12th year. Uh, 12 Damn. years next year, sorry. Um, so just chipping away at my IT networking traineeship yep. in my second year of also collecting records. So Good that'll year. come up through here um, later in the episode. Yep. Um, just really spending pies, just won the flag 2011. 2010, sorry, lost the flag in 2011, sorry, <laughs> and just doing the local footy club thing, so helping out, um, running the seconds at Somerville and drinking beers, drinking footy beers. trips. <laughs> I didn't go on any footy trips, so I was too scared. Oh. <laughs> but um, yeah, footy trips, uh, just going to gigs and just living the living the free life. Lovely. Um, while you're doing all of that, I was just a wee little boy finishing my last year of high school. Um, (laughs) yeah, crazy. So I started the year with like my first like proper breakup, I guess you could say (laughs) someone I dated for more than like two weeks. Um, and it was kind of interesting because like I turned 18, you know, I started going out the whole scene of gigs changed. Music was changing. You know, you're figuring out what you want to do with your life, Mm -hmm. you know, and, Back then, I was still really into my design stuff. You know, I got into Swinburne to do the graphic design course there. Very different to what I'm doing now. Um, and I started going to a lot of gigs after I turned 18. And I think, yeah, it was just a very different time. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of this music was there a lot, a, lot, a lot of the way. And actually, one of the albums we'll talk to today um, was my first gig at an over 18 show. It was actually on my birthday weekend, so it was it was a real real special one for me. So, yeah, crazy time. Very cool. I'm glad you've got such a good memory of of that. That's 
like the limit to my memories just now, like except for like the music and stuff. But um, well, it's yeah. funny. I think, yeah. I mean, a lot of the records here, I feel like are follow-ups to or steps above records that came before a lot of these bands. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the way I saw a lot of this. So these are a lot of the records that we'll talk through today. These artists aren't necessarily new artists. No. In a lot of in a lot of the ones I listened to back then, there are ones that I, I found them a few years before, and then they like bang, here's a fucking banger. And then I mean every album is arguably a banger here. And I think that's kind of why I think I have these fond memories of the year. And you mm-hmm. know, I was fucking going clubbing, emo nights, like schoolies, um, all that shit, right? Um, and yeah, I hung out with a lot of emos back in high school and <laughs> I think that's why a lot of these songs are just, yeah. There's just no special. issue there. That's good. And good. My, my taste in music was changing a lot too. Yeah. It kind of does that when you turn 18 and then mid twenties, you kind of go left down the, like the EDM or the, the dance music route, or you go right to like punk and hardcore metal. Metalcore, well, luckily for our listeners, don't worry. I'm not. We're not talking about any Ministry of Sound records. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did listen to a lot of Ministry of Sound, I yeah. don't think we're going to talk about them today. Um, yeah, this is, is going to be this is going to be fun. I'm, I'm really keen. Cool, me too. Um, so we'll kick this off with the well, the first album I want to talk about, and it is like you said, one of those follow up albums. Uh, that really cemented this band in the scene, and that was a flash flood of color by Into Shikari. That was the first one I wanted to talk to as well, Dave. We're on the same wavelength. Here we go. Yeah. Well, it's the first release of the year, or like on our list anyway. So yep. what a way to kick the kick the year off, like Jan thirteen. Insane. And like I can remember, I can vividly remember hearing um, the intro. Yeah. And. Like, I was just like, what is this? Like, like this is not, this is not what I expected in a good way, in a really good way. And I've been There, there was nothing since. really like it, right? At the time, there was nothing really like it. I don't think. Nothing really like them. There still isn't really, if you think about it. And when, yeah. And like, they had this weird, MySpace was dead, right? By this point, right? Yeah. MySpace died and Tumblr was yeah. real big. And, and yeah. The whole electronic in, in like heavy music was still kind of around, but never done this way. No. And I remember like hearing, what was it, Snake Pit or Snake Pit yeah. <laughs> for the first time and thinking, what the fuck is this? Like it's, it's nuts. And the whole record's just insane. Yeah. They have unbelievable talent uh, with mixing like multiple genres together, getting it all to flow, like with. Back then, minimal filler. I think their last album had a, a little bit too much fluff in there, but yeah. it still works because there's good transitions and stuff. But so this is like flawless from start to finish. It's got everything. It's it's got heavy bass, sick riffs, breakdowns, fucking spoken word. Um, the content of the lyrics are just like yeah. 2012. The world's changing, and they're like, "Here's a fucking record you can take," and you know. Fucking go and fight the world. Like, go and change the world, yeah. you know? Climate change, uh, fucking all this shit, right? And this record had it all. It's just incredible. Yeah. What is it? Um, Gandhi, mate. Gandhi, that's on this, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're nice, guys. Until we're not. 
and that was doosh, doosh, doosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come out of pit retirement for that one, boys. Oh, fuck. Send them back to the... Uh... Where we send them Industrial back to? Revolution. <laughs> fuck, those videos are good. Oh, he's the best. Um, but then, like, after that, like, warm smiles do not make you welcome here. And it's just like this anthem, right, on the record. Yeah. And it's like, you just want to grab your mates. And this was, this was the album tour, mind you. So... My first over eighteen show was seeing Enter Shikari at um, Billboards. Oh, nice! And it was on the weekend of my birthday, so I had my birthday party. <laughs> my birthday was on the Sunday. I went to. I had a birthday party at my house on the Saturday, you know, as you used to have. Um, yep. At midnight, went to the club, all that kind of bullshit, and then the Sunday, my dad took me to the pub for my first legal beer at the pub, and then I went to the show after, and it was just like. I'd never experienced a show quite like that. Yep. And I still don't think there are many shows I've been to that are like a Shikari show. Yeah. That unbelievable live. I think they won like best live band at like two sound waves as well. Fucking when... Yeah, of course. I mean, they're, they're fantastic. Yeah, um, they've got such a huge following. And like, I want to ask a question because I know you're probably a bigger Shikari fan than I am. I didn't really mm. listen to a heap after this record, to be frank. Um, yeah. Because I did feel like just that edge of this record didn't really carry on as much. Mm. Not that their songwriting didn't probably improve. Their storytelling probably improved. And just generally as a band, they improved. But I think what I loved about the band was like this record. Um, yeah. So at a moment in time, this was kind of perfect, right? Yeah. It's We're, definitely yeah. more angsty than than some of the later stuff. But yeah. for me, the Minesweep's probably more. Yeah. I, like, I like the Minesweep better. A little yeah. bit more, like there, you can flip a coin, really. Yeah. And then I didn't really vibe with the sparkle that much, and then um, the latest one's pretty good. It's got some really good tracks on it. Yeah, nice. Um, so how does this work? Do I then pick my an album? Yep, you pick your. Am one. I going down this list, or am I? Can I pick any date? Pick any you want. I just thought I'd pick from <clears> the top because that's a a big, a big, big one. Oh, let's do this. I'm going to pick, let's go six months later. The Ghost Inside, Get What You Give. This this album was huge for me. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, growing up listening to, you know, metalcore was arguably, arguably evolving in a bit of a different way. You know, we talk, I've learned a lot about metalcore and, metalcore and music through meeting you and other people that we've met. Yeah. You know, Misery Signals, bands like that, that I didn't know back then, which I'm kind of bummed I didn't know. But yeah. at the time, you know, the Ghost Inside were one of those bands who were doing it arguably better than anyone. Um, you know, they had Returners in 2010, and that record's still probably my favorite Ghost Inside record. But this is arguably one of their better ones. Yeah, I know people probably won't say self-titled is, but I probably think self-titled's their best. I think it's the best written, and I think if it came out in this year, in 2012 or five years ago, people maybe would have loved it a bit more. Um, yeah. but this record, when it came out, was just epic. I don't know. Like what did you listen to this back in the day? Absolutely. I think I'm pretty sure I saw them on this tour with probably Amity and yeah, that's right. We spoke about this in the, in the, um, architects record. They played yep. the architects, right? Yeah. Yep. Architects and <clears throat> Amur. Oh, fuck, I don't remember who else was on. I, don't, I, I think, don't I think it was a Muir. I remember seeing yeah. Ghost Inside and Muir at Max Watts or whatever yeah. it's called, the Hi-Fi back then. Um, 
unbelievable record and what a band. Yeah. Like, um, I miss this show, but all my mates went to this show at Seaford where yeah. our mate Chuck tells a story where they ran out of merch and basically they had to keep it at his girlfriend's house or get it shipped there because they ran out at this little small community hall. That's mad. And it was on, um, oh, I forget the, I forgot the album name, their first album. So they actually toured oh. that and it got leaked in Australia and all these kids are singing the words and I've heard Vigil tell the story about it. And this um, is why they love Australia so much because they came out, this band, their first album leaked. On not the Fury and the Fallen Ones. Yep. Like two, in the mid-2000s. Fallen. Really? Yep. And um, yeah, their <laughs> first tour here, like the kids are screaming it and they're like going nuts for it. And they found out that it leaked online and yeah. like they were just stoked. Merch flying everywhere. And like they've just yeah. been on ever since. I think they were... I mean, we did. We had really good local metalcore, right? But I think they were one of the best internationals that would come here regularly. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we talk about runs of songs, right? <clears throat> Fuck, my voice is cooked. Um, we talk about runs of songs. Um, and the first three on this record, you know, um, this is what I know about Sacrifice, all the way through to Engine 45, just yeah. fucking bops. But then I'm even looking through the list now and... The whole record just slaps front to back. Like yeah. you wouldn't lose one and you Petrol probably couldn't as well. One. Like the it crowd's just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. The crowds are absolutely mental for any song on this album. Um, I'm kind of spewing that they didn't come um, for full tilt because yeah, like I just, I need to see him again and see mm-hmm. some of these songs hopefully. But I just remember at the time, you know, like listening to bands like Dream On Dreamer, uh, Amity, you know, or like Architects were coming coming there, you know, the Ghost Inside just had this kind of really like hardcore grunt to them. Like they felt fucking like tough in a way, you know, yeah, and, yeah fuck, we talk about how toxic the scene was 10 years ago. <laughs> Not that Ghost Inside are toxic, but like you'd walk around in your fucking Ghost Inside cap yeah. and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm a sicko. <laughs> yeah, 100% you did. So that's, yeah, definitely high on the, could feature on the power rankings later on, for sure. Absolutely. All right, and just for the people listening, we will go through more albums than just what Dave and I listen to, um, and we will talk through, like, other things as well. (laughs) We're going to try our hardest not to just talk about our favorite bands. (laughs) I'm going to jump a little bit ahead, and we can fill in some gaps later. Um, So I'm going to jump to October. And right. I'm going to talk about Atlas by Parkway Drive. Nice. Now, I know you're not much of a fan. I've never Parkway. listened to this record. Really? Never. Not once. I think you'd like it. I probably would because... It, it has yeah. everything that you like. It has build-up. It has melody. It has breakdowns. It has ambience. Yeah. Some of the later songs are really well-written. It's just not relentless, really fast, heavy metal chords. It's really well thought out and it's aged really well, I think, because I've actually been tossing up whether I actually get rid of my Parkway records and I'm just like going through and having a look at how much I listen to them. And then I was listening to 
to Atlas on the lead up to to this recording. I was like, I don't know if I can get rid of this. It's awesome. Mm. I remember just listening to this before before footy, like just anytime, and it just gets you pumped up. So yeah, I mean, I feel like Atlas is one that is probably the least memorable. Uh, I'm only saying this on the back of when I hear people talk about the band, this never comes up. Yeah. It's after horizons. It's before they fucking went like, you know, big stadium rock band Yeah, in regards to their sound and their records. Right. I don't really hear many people talk about it. Mm. Um, except for about that copy that was on resist (laughs) sitting there for a long time. Um, and that's the only time I really ever heard people talk about it. I've never heard anyone try to convince me to listen to this record before. Um, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with Parkway. Like I love them, like love their early days. Like they're a big reason why I listen to heavy music. But yeah. after Horizons, I just didn't, I didn't continue listening to their new stuff. Yeah. And so that's why I missed it. I didn't miss it because I didn't like Parkway at the time. I just, yeah. and we'll talk that's about cool. a few bands here today and artists and times in my life and where I went to with what I was listening to. And you can kind of see why I veered away from that kind of like heavy, more so metal stuff. Uh, but yeah. I'll go back and listen to it. Like I, I've listened to their new record a bit more just in prep of the album of the year convos. Cause I do think we need to talk about that in some way. Okay. Um, because it's massive in, in Australian music, right? Mm. I know we've got thoughts on that record, but I'll go back and listen to this. Yeah. And I actually pre-ordered this on vinyl. So I have like the, the mint green, um, rarest variant or, or whatever it is, but um, right. yeah, it was just cheeky flakes, Dave. Yeah, shush. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I just think like I was caught up. We were caught up with it. It was all like me and my mates were talking about. We're all listening to 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 Parkway to Amity, which we'll talk about probably in a second. And um, yeah, I think it needs a bit of a plug. I think it's it's definitely that stepping stone album. A bit like Thrice's Visu into that new sound. So like, okay, Deep Blue was like maybe like a a tiny step, but um, yeah. yeah. But Atlas is just a step away from what everyone loved in Horizons and Killing with yep. a Smile and all that kind of stuff. So lovely, yeah. But um, yeah, give it a listen. I, I definitely think you'll enjoy it. So tell me, Dave, are you selling on the early records as well? Or <laughs> no. I decided to keep them. <laughs> Worth a shot. <laughs> Do you not have Horizons um, yet? Nah. I missed the repress and then I'll get a copy one day. Um I'll get like everything before Horizons I'll eventually try and get. Yeah. And hopefully they, they press the um the first record. Fingers crossed. But we'll see. And maybe that um, and the Promkeen split. That'd be nice. Anyway, we're here about 2012, Phil. Don't let me get distracted. Okay, we're talking about um, 2012, and and I don't know about you, Dave, but I'm feeling 22. Is it time? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, August 10th brought a massive record for the world, not just for, um, probably not for Emos, to be honest, because I think this was a really polarizing time in the, uh, the world for Taylor Swift, but... Uh, Red by Taylor Swift came out in 2012. It needs to be spoken about. Um, you know, we all know that I love Taylor Swift, and I think this record is really what changed the game for her. I think in a lot of ways. 
Um, actually, that's not even a spicy take. That's like fact. <laughs> I think without this record, whatever came after wouldn't have happened. Yep. And I think it's it just has to be spoken about. Did you listen to this when it came out, or absolutely yeah. not? Why not? Okay, this is this is perfect, Dave. You're you're a good test subject for this. So wh- yeah. why didn't you listen to it? To be honest, I don't remember. It was probably because she was all over like the film clips and stuff. Probably wasn't. It wasn't punk. It wasn't hardcore. I didn't actually start listening to Taylor Swift until I met Lauren. Fair enough. Well, I think like up until this point, so I mean, this record's arguably, it's got bangers on it, right? It's got, it's got 22. It's got all too well. Um, we're never getting back together. The fucking goat memes were happening, you know, all this bullshit post Kanye world. That's what we're living in. Um, and I think the record came out and it was a really big step away from her country music in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, she had straight hair, hear- man. <laughs> oh, please. Um, she wasn't crimped anymore. Oh, I know. Um, I don't know. I think she, she, she walked away a little bit from her country roots, but it was still there in some ways, right? Um, you know, the, the album was super long. It was, how many songs was it? 16 songs, I think. Yeah. originally before they added more i can't even remember what the original one was um and it just it brought her out like she had ed sheeran on the record you know she was getting more mainstream you know people in the news were talking about that she's not this like young country star anymore gone global i think it was really polarizing but i think we look back on it and you know she released red taylor's version last year and it was the most sold record in the world and i know a lot of people in the scene not just Taylor Swift fans that bought this record. Like you've got this record. I sold you one. You bought it. Yeah. And, and don't go not... using your wife. <laughs> no, this is my favorite Taylor Swift record. And and I just think that it needs to, it needs to get a call out. I mean, it came out in August of that year. You know, I was leading into my 18th birthday. You know, I copped a lot of shit through high school for listening to Taylor Swift. You know, like I've been listening to Taylor Swift since Fearless um, or a little bit before Fearless even. Um, and I copped a lot of shit, but it got to the point where I was in like, you know, you, you, you're turning 18, you're in high school. I don't give a fuck what people thought at that point in time. Like I already copped enough for being emo, copped enough for being listening to Taylor Swift. All of a sudden Taylor Swift really sees singles that were like taking over the world. And yeah, it was pretty cool to see. And I think in like hindsight, it probably doesn't even pull in my favorite Taylor Swift records anymore, but you got to respect that if this record didn't happen, 1989 wouldn't have happened. Nothing after that would have happened and been as big as it mm. was. And yeah. She's got lots of records. So it's pretty hard to rank it so high. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've listened to podcast series. I've read things about how this record was like written and, and produced. And she started working with a lot of different people that were in that more pop space. And the relationship she made writing this like catapulted her into the next phase of her career. And we'll save that for that for the Taylor pod. It'll come one day. <laughs> we'll have to get a guest on for that, I think. No, just me and you. <laughs> you just got to love Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> um, right, what do you got? Let's bring, it, let's bring it back for all the listeners, Dave. What do you got for us? I've got two EPs I want to talk about. Two EPs? Yep. Right. And they're by a Melbourne band. I don't reckon you've even listened to them. Uh, by right. Millhouse. I thought the I thought the album was called Millhouse. 
No. I put so it in the, the list. So the band's called uh... Melbourne. The, the <laughs> band's not called Melbourne. The band's called Millhouse, and they bought out two EPs in 2012 on this small okay. label called Midnight Funeral, who okay. actually pressed um, some Blue Line Medic records back in the day. And they're just a fun um, punk band. They they played like the Weekender that Poison City put out. And um, yeah, so the first EP is called Thrill House. And then the second EP is called Everything's Coming Up. Wait, Mill why House. was the first one called Millhouse? Hmm? Why was the first one called Millhouse and the second one was called Everything's Coming Up? The first one was called Thrill House. You know Thrill House from the, the episode where he plays um, the game, uh, Millhouse plays yes. the video game? So what, is it called Every, Everything's Coming Up Thrill House or is it just called Thrill no, House? Everything's, the there's two EPs, Everything's Coming Up and Thrill House. So eight songs. Uh, okay. So um, right. it's just really fun. <laughs> Shut up, mate. Really fun, situational, like uh, punk rock. It's like not too serious. One song's called Serial. Talks about how he doesn't want to eat eggs for breakfast anymore. Um, really fun. Just songs. One song's from the singer to his girlfriend about playing video games on a Saturday night instead of going out and getting drunk. Like really fun stuff. I think you'd enjoy it. Mm. Uh, sounds right up my alley, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, probably not sad enough for you. Not... Oh, thanks. All right. <laughs> I'm like you. I like, I like eating eggs for breakfast. All right. I'm happy not eating cereal. Yeah, that's fine. It's anyway, really good stuff. Check it out. Yeah. Don't listen to Phil, but they're they're awesome. But they um they called it quits right after these two came out. They played the Weekender, which is like big festival over like th- three days in in like Brunswick area. So it goes from pub to pub. So it's spread out a bit like um that one that's in Tassie, the one that was in winter that Black Sheep Black Sheep Wall played. Um. Fuck, Dark dark Mofo. Yeah, like Dark Mofo. So they, they basically play pubs around around the north side of the city and just kind of you move around to them. So, yeah, check yeah, it out. Business idea, business idea, Dave. We start a... We start a something and we call it Phil House and our only mission is to get Mill House to play Thrill House presented by Phil House. What do we what do we think? I think you need to pick another album, mate. That was bad. Well, fucking not my fault that your name doesn't ride with anything. Proceed. <laughs> um Ow, that hurt. I've got a few more to talk about. I don't know about yeah. you, but there's a few I want to get through. So uh, what, what date what date should we go to? I don't know the date of this one. No I will. It this this record came out the week uh before my birthday. Um, and it is called Floral Green by Tidal Fight. Now, this was a really important record for me um, in what would then become a lot of the music I listen to today. So just to put a bit of color. So I, like MySpace kind of happened, you know, early 2000s to, to, to late 2000s in a big way. And then after that, you know, Facebook became bigger, Tumblr started to happen. I didn't really know where to get music from as much at the time. And I ended up going through a website called Burp. It was called Blalix Indie Rock Playlist. 
And every month he'd released a fucking a zip file that had 150 songs in it, right? And it was purely indie rock, right? And it probably, <clears throat> and, and it really took me in, in a different direction to a lot of the heavy stuff I was listening to from MySpace before that. And it wasn't until this record came out, although I didn't find it from that playlist, um, it almost bridged the gap for me in between heavy music and indie rock. Yeah. Now, I know when you listen to the record today, it probably doesn't feel as indie rock compared to heavier, but it was just a different kind of punk or alternative or I don't know, emo that I didn't really have a lot that I listened to in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when the, I listened to this for the first time, it just kind of opened things up for me a little bit more than just your generic angry man, screamo music, middlecore stuff. Yeah. It's definitely a step away from Shed. So Shed's regarded as one of the best hardcore records ever. And yeah. like, you can't play hardcore forever. And like I found Title Fight through Touche. So I found Touche okay. through... through um, a vinyl collective forum that I was on that I was buying records okay. through. And yeah. um yeah, so I was listening to to Touche, found Title Fight, probably through Last FM suggestions or something like that. Yeah. And then um this came along and it's, it's an amazing record, but it is not it's like it's almost post hardcore. It's almost oh, fucking like, everything's post hardcore, Dave. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm just saying the step no. away from hardcore towards that indie rock sound is and in your well, it's like not it's, even indie rock, but you know what I mean? Like it just, it was a bit more sl- it was slower. It was just, yeah, it was, yeah. the songs were a bit di- like the, comp- the composure, the composure, the, the composition of the music was just a bit different. Yeah. Took you on a different journey than what Shed did and what yeah. other music did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like the, the direction that Fiddlehead's going in compared to what Have Heart was. So it's like, yes, very much like same similar but different yeah and you know funnily enough i look back and i can't think of many other records like this and there's a few other records that came out this year that we'll talk to you later on that if it wasn't for title fight i never would have listened to that and maybe i wouldn't be as sad as i am now if it wasn't for that record <laughs> believe it or not yeah. <laughs> can you believe that um believe sorry that. um and you know the funny thing is it's not even my favorite title fight record and, it, and shed isn't either and i yeah. think it was funny. I was literally talking to someone today about this and I thought it was quite funny that it's on the list. Um, but yeah, this record's super important. Not just the fucking one song that everyone loves, like the whole record I think is really special and yeah. and I love it. It's, it's great. It's aged really well. That's why it get, gets 100 fucking presses on vinyl. Yeah, but it's still hard to find. Yeah, I know. I'll pull the trigger on it one day. Yeah. Um, did you listen to it at record. the time or did this one you missed? I would have listened to it at the time a little bit, but I think I was probably more into the the angrier yeah. stuff. Yeah. Angrier stuff. Yeah. So you were angry, I was sad. Now we're sangry. Now we just yeah. <laughs> Miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's uh move on. Dave, what do you got for us? Yeah. Um I'm going with another kind of gateway album. Actually, I'm gonna go with another one. I'm gonna go with a punk record. And it's existed Alrighty. by Hot Water Music. Nice. You're not a f- you're not a big fan of hot, of Hot Water Music. Uh, at the t- uh, I am I only started listening to them this year, 
and I only started listening to them because of the tour with Be Well. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I should listen to this band. Um, I know we've spoken, they've had a few records come out or pressed or fuck, I don't know. Yeah. And they've just come up. I've listened to them a bit. I'm, I don't want to say I missed the wave, but it's just, it's not what I'm listening to at the moment. So it's taking yeah. me a bit longer to kind of adjust wow. to listen yeah. to that kind of music, but I, re- I respect it. I think it's quite good. It's just yeah. not what I'm listening to. Exister is a huge, huge album, and I hadn't really heard of them heard of them until this came out. And um, one of the lead singles, pretty sure it was the lead single, one song was being played a lot on short, fast, loud. So when Stu Harvey yep. was was hosting it, and um, it's probably I'm gonna go on record with this. Okay, here it's we go. probably one of the best punk songs ever written. What song was it? It's called Drag My Body. Really? Yeah. It's just a really great song. It's catchy, meaningful. It just flows really well. And Chuck Reagan's voice is like just peak. So um, that's my next suggestion for you to, to go and listen to. I've just saved it to the library. I will give it a listen. Um... So that came out in May, May fourteen. Um, yeah, and I still listen to this all the time. Picked okay. it up, I think, during COVID. Um, yeah, on vinyl, and got a couple of other album, other albums, but nothing really hits as much as this and this and Caution. So Caution was like two thousand and two. So they've Caution, got a... I think, is the one I've listened to. Yeah. Is it's the one I yeah Caution's the one I've saved to listen to quite a bit. Yeah, um, I feel like that's the one everyone talks about. Yeah, Caution, A Fly on the Crash, and, and these are the three big ones. Um, yeah. They actually bought one out, an album out this year. And um, funnily enough, Caution was produced by Brian McTernan as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Actually, I, did so, know I did know that. Yeah. So Hot Water Music Exister. Just while we're talking about Brian McTernan, if you haven't listened to Be Well, go and listen to Be Well. We're going to talk yep. about it next week. We're going to talk about it every chance we can. Go and go and listen to them. They're really good shit. <laughs> please, please do. So what's um, up next from you? What's up next from me? So, fucking what year? I'm gonna go through a week after Taylor Swift Red came out. Um, in the 17th of August, Hand of Mercy, um, one of the bands that got me into heavy music or or kind of got me in love with hardcore, um, released their second full-length album, Last Lights. Now, we, I've spoken about Hand of Mercy a bunch of times on this pod, going to local shows, being exposed to to all ages, hardcore gigs in Melbourne. And I think with where I was with Hand of Mercy at the time, I didn't think they were like, I wasn't sleeping on them at all, but I really loved Trash the Party and Scum of the Earth, which were their mm-hmm. first two EPs. Scum of the Earth might actually have been an album. Now I think about it, but those two, I thought they were EPs. Um, yep. I, I loved, like I really loved, and they came out two thousand and ten or nine or, or ten and eleven. I can't remember. But then they released the Fallout, and that was okay. That was a good album, and I think a lot of people did love it. But it just lacked something for for me. I think. Yeah. Last Light came out. I think it was their first or second with UNFD. I can't remember. Um, <clears throat> And it just changed. It just changed for me. I felt like I, they evolved and they matured a bit. And 
it, it kind of lended itself to the music I'm into today as well. And I know I talk a lot about influencing my taste this year, but their songs just felt a bit more, rather than going from like hardcore to still that middle core kind of essence, I'm, I'm going to say it. And I've, I'm going to say this because I've grown this year talking about this genre of music, but I honestly think that record has a lot of melodic hardcore elements to it yeah. that I maybe didn't realize at the time until I go back and listen today. Well, not today, but just in general now. And it's like, fuck, there's a lot of elements to melodic hardcore that I'm into today that's in that record. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the vocals and kind of, they're not going as hard. You almost feel like he's yelling a lot of the time, but not in a kind of hardcore way. And then the songs, they kind of carry you. And I think the guitars are really special. Not quite as, doesn't have the twang that a melodic hardcore or Midwest emo have, but it's just got this way with it. And I just love it. And I think this record is really important. It kind of embodied, you know, I was graduating high school in 2012. This rec- this band was one of the bands that I was going to all ages shows from since 15. And then they released this awesome record the year I turned 18. I ended up seeing them later that year. And it was just a really special time and special record for me, like a lot of these ones are. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is their first one on UNFD. and. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, I was a frequent short, fast, loud listener, and that's where I found them. And yeah. this was huge. We used to smash this. Oh. And then um, when Resolve came out, we kind of f- fell off the, the wagon a little bit. But I agree, it's like, it has a bit of everything as well, like a lot of these great albums do from, yeah. from this time. It was it was a bit more, you could you could try a little bit more, I think, or... Bands are in the position where they could. And, um, yeah, I don't think... These guys don't really get talked about all that much anymore either because they've been around for, for like eight years. It kind of makes sense, but they still have some really great songs. I really hope this record gets pressed one day. I think it deserves it. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, to be honest, I would like all their stuff to get done, especially Trash the Party. Like, you put that on and all of a sudden I'm wearing fucking spray jackets and fucking caps with my Nikes on with my, with my mates hanging out at fucking seven 11, getting slurpees, like the fucking delinquents we were. Um, it just takes <laughs> me back to like the, <laughs> being a fucking annoying lad back in the day. And yeah. yeah, this band's real special and I hope it gets a vinyl treatment one day. It won't. I don't think it will unless some would do some of the early stuff, which could happen. Whether the band wants to do it. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. What next? Let's go out of the hardcore rain. All right, Phil. Range. Relax. And I want to uh, I want to talk about Gaslight Anthem, handwritten. All right. Is this a band that you're f- like familiar with? Not at all. Okay. They're always around, but I never gave them time. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. They kind of came out of um, kind of came. They're like a punk, but like not. They're like indie rock almost. Like yeah, I think I actually have heard, like, listened to their music before because I think yeah. a lot of my friends like them and things like that. Yeah, They were just not a band that I would go out of my way to listen to necessarily. Yeah. I like the the two albums before this, but this kind of landed them in, like, big boy territory. Yeah. Uh, the title track, Handwritten, was, like, was I think it was almost played on, like, mainstream. It was would have been played on mainstream radio in America, but... It, it made a few few runs in in Australia and like Triple M and stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just another really good um, example of a great album that came out 
in 2012. I just thought we'd uh, break it up from the the hardcore chat for some of our come on kind of more easy listening. Uh, what, listeners. Taylor Swift not good enough? Oh, the easy listeners is Taylor Swift not enough for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One out of the ten <laughs> yeah. isn't bad, but um, yeah, I think it's just really great record. I actually listened to. Um, I think it was this year. Another one that came out was um, was a side project from the singer um, Brian Fallon. Okay. Um, the Horrible Crows, which is like more of a a folk uh, kind of outing. Yeah. Oh, twenty thirteen. Sorry. Oh no. Well, can't talk, can't talk about it, Dave. Relax. Yeah. 20- <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. So Elsie was the album that came out in twenty eleven, which kind of got me into like Gaslight Anthem and stuff like that. And then yeah. handwritten came out this year, and it's kind of like they kind of partner each other pretty well. So, um, so yeah, Gaslight Anthem, handwritten, New, Je- New Jersey band. Okay, I'll, I'll check yeah. them out. Do you reckon this record is the one I should check out, or have they got other things that you like? I would listen to that, and then Elsie by the Horrible Crows afterwards. Okay, I'm saving all this to my um my Apple Music as we discuss. <laughs> That's a great idea. Um, Let's keep it out of the realm then of heavy music. Um, And this record came out in August as well, I believe. So we're on a bit of a theme here. Mm -hmm. Um, The album is Channel Orange by Frank Ocean. Now, this was uh, another really important record for me, but I think it probably tells a story to... You know, like a lot of kids did growing up, they listened to a lot of R&B and hip-hop, right? And so while I'm going through this journey, I'm still listening to like pop punk and and heavy heavy music and screamo. Um, I was obviously still listening to a lot of rap and a lot of kids back then, a lot of kids back then, we, back then there was still like Kanye was still big, Lauren Hitness, Lauren Hill, all these all these artists that like I still love today um, were really big. And then Tyler, the creator, came along with Bastard and... I just fell in love with this new new wave of, of, of hip-hop, right, and rap. And it was a little bit jazzy. It was really aggressive, like really heavy content. He then released Goblin, which, you know, Kanye's come out and said that really inspired Yeezus in, in a big way um, with just how, like, raw and, and kind of aggressive it was. And I really, I really loved... Tyler, the creator. And he also had a, a group called Odd Future and Frank Ocean was in that. And he, and he'd feature in tracks and he'd do like the rap thing and he'd done mixtapes and things like that. And then a few years earlier, he did Nostalgia Ultra, which was a mixtape, a lot of samples, just a typical kind of hip hop thing, but it didn't feel as much as a rap album or a mixtape as it did more of an R and B uh, mixtape. And he was really quiet. He wasn't really big on socials. He wasn't like all the other hip hop artists and rappers in odd future that were like plugging their stuff and everything. He was a bit more quiet. And then channel orange came out. It came out really randomly. Um, and it just was like this perfect record, perfect hip hop. His, his vocals are amazing. Great features on it. It was just, it was just really, it was really refined and very different to what he'd done before in a way. Although Nostalgia Ultra did have a lot of elements to what he did, I think he refined them in a really impressive way um, mm. when Channel Orange came out. And yeah, I listened to this album so much. So, so much. Um, and I think a lot of people can relate to it. 
you know, and I think it's a lot of songs about like love and loss and just like being a person in the world, right? Like really everyday stuff. It's just a really nice record. Have you listened to it? I think I gave it one listen. Uh, we spoke about it earlier in the year when we were yeah. kind of talking about that kind of stuff. But um, I actually have done doing the research for this episode. Yeah. I looked up some... Uh, a lot like, of cool stories about this record. Yeah. Well, I was actually just looking at some like end of year lists from publications yeah. and it was like number one on almost all. It was all. amazing. It was amazing. Absolutely incredible. Really universal. Um, had everything you'd want from it. Good rap in it. Great hip hop. Good beats. You'd want to dance in some tracks. Like it just had fucking everything. And then like when it came out, this is this record came out and then he came out as gay like a few months after. Oh, wow. Through like a lot of these songs were actually about men that he'd had like exchanges with. Yep. And it was just this really crazy time for the scene because nothing had happened like that, yeah. especially in hip hop, especially in like that kind of subgenre of hip hop where Odd Future was like this really like they're all fucking skating and being like tough kids and stuff like that. It was just a really special record at the time and I'm glad it got the love it did. I mean, I don't remember the publications, but it's one I still listen to today. And yeah, he's great. That's really cool. It's a great story too. Um, I think like those hip hop and rap albums aren't something like that click with me straight away. So I really need to give them more time and kind of persist. It's not like I don't like it. I think it just takes me a little while to kind of click with it. And yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's like a lot of music. It takes just take different for everyone. You know, we all hear things differently and yeah. Um, you know, like and look, some of the records on this list that we'll talk through later after we do our initial power rankings, I didn't listen to back in the day. And I'm sure if I listened to them back then, I'd be like, the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know, our tastes evolve. And I think that's fine, dude. Yeah, no, it's certainly on the radar. And it's just one of those, one of those things that um, you can't listen to everything all at once. So yeah, that's it. All right, so we're getting through them now. How many more and have you got you want to talk to? I've only got one more that I really want to talk to. Is it the big one? Damn straight, it's a big one. Well, should we do the big one now? And then get to our power rankings? Yeah, or we can. I'll do one, then we'll do the, the big one. All right, let's do it. What do you got? Okay, so the last one I want to speak to speak about is another huge record in the hardcore space and that's diamond by stick to your guns. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about this, but I didn't know. Yeah. I'm a bit on the fence. Cause um, I'm not sure <coughs> <Cancel>. how, <laughs> how I feel about, um, how I feel about uh, everything that's going on over there. But um, it seems like no one else really cares. So what am I? I mean, but anyway, this is, know. this is not 2012. It's like, not all we're time though, about so it's now. fine. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Stick to Your Guns are a very political band, and they just brought out this really angry, politically driven, really well made. It has gang vocals, it has sing alongs, it's catchy, it's hard, it's just everything you want from like a, a hardcore record. It just put them on the map. They've got really um, a really turbulent history, like revolving door of members, and basically it's there's 
since Diamond came out, they've been fairly solid. I think they've had one or two changes. Yeah. But there was just a lot going on for them. Touring flat stick. They worked really hard as a band. Yeah. But I think the political agenda got bigger than the band and maybe the, like that was to their detriment. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Diamond is just one of those albums. I'm, I think you had it, but you've sold it now, haven't you? Yeah, I picked it up. I only listened to this record this year because I saw it for sale and I'm like, I'd never see that come up. And I'm pretty sure it's not that easy to get. And you were like, give it a listen. I listened to it. I was like, fuck, this is really good hardcore. Yeah. And then I got it and I spun it a few times and then I fucking went on a tangent and bought a shitload of records and was like, I need to sell something. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to get rid of it. It's fine. Yeah. It I was... kind of regret it. <laughs> That's all right, though. It'll pop up again. Um, it's one of those records that, like, I feel like if you are in into hardcore, it's it's one that you need to listen to, yep. regardless of what people are saying on social media or anything like that. The message is strong, and yep. um, and yeah, it's 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 just growing really well with age as well. Like, it's just one of those staples. You look at those, you look at the lists, and and it's always up on the top of those lists from from yep. everyone. So. I'd be it'd be rude not to to mention it. I think it's a good chat. I think um, hardcore was in a bit of an interesting time in 2012 as well. Yeah, I think. I mean, I wasn't into it as much, but I did feel like the scene was changing to a more metalcore space, and I think a yeah. lot of hardcore bands were changing. And I think this is just my opinion. I could be well wrong. I just didn't see as many hardcore shows happening anymore. Yeah, and it was That's true. Like metalcore, really. Yeah. Was it the fourth wave was just about to, to kind of kick in? So bands like yeah. Loud Dispute and like Make Do and Man, Touche, stuff like that started just yeah, kind of popping time. off like in the next two years. Yeah. And yeah, Stick to Your Guns, like uh, the record before this is really good as well. Yeah. Um, so it's worth checking out that era because it's yeah. it's really raw and, and, and special. Yeah. So you um, just want to, do you want to mention a couple more? Albums that did come out that, that we won't go into in a bit well, more I don't know, detail. I don't know what you're going to talk about in the next segment. So I think we just rank the ones we want to rank, and then okay. then we rattle through the list and fucking stop and talk about what we want to talk about. Do we think? Fair enough. Yep. Sure. So yeah. let's okay. let's talk about the big one then. Um, the big one is "Chasing Ghosts" by the Amity Affliction, right? Yes. Um. This record is massive, I think. And I almost feel like it's become a bit of a a meme in the scene. And maybe it's just because we're so entrenched in this vinyl community that people like fuck chasing ghosts, you know, fuck the, fuck the hazers and young blood is better. And, and, you know, all this stuff, but like this record's incredible. I don't think I can fathom how big this record was when it came out. I had no idea either. I didn't know how, like, Jungbloods was really good. And then, like, this just, like, put him in the next, like, upper echelon of Australian bands instantly, like, two weeks in. The, the I feel like Jungbloods, they were still kind of kids. I know this is going to be, like, a weird thing to say. <laughs> Samples were a bit more, like, still taking the piss. They were just kind of, like, having fun, which is fine, which is great. Like, I love that. I love that record. I love everything that came before that. But this record feels 
it's like they had they had a mission right and yeah. they had an intent with what they wanted to do the samples are very meticulous it's not as like fun and playful as the previous stuff it's really dark um it's really crisp you know Aaron and Joel like they just fucking bounce off each other like perfectly I think it's just incredible um and it just it was mature compared to where they were and I think it's their peak I know we're not doing an Amity rec- uh, episode but I think it's worth saying that I think this is the best Amity record and yeah I can't it's believe it came out 10 years ago yeah yeah, um, you pretty much nailed it there. Like it's, I do think it's it's their best. It's their, what would you say it's their major label debut it's on Roadrunner? Like so, they had they were on a, UNFT before for before yeah, and they went to Roadrunner. Yeah, so why couldn't they, had they have the, gone to Roadrunner after fucking chasing ghosts? So we could have gotten some more consistent and better presses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with the one I've got. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> but um yeah it's um it's clean it's crisp it's it's well put together like as you said like everything is where it's meant to be it's been put there it's not it's just very well yeah. planned out and you can't yeah. I'd like i think we're kind of get going back to that old Am- like that people say oh. old amity yeah but with the latest single and the last ep it's kind of they're kind of going back to that form formula a bit. Yeah. So so it's very much thought out. It's not just let's try and billboard chart and all that kind of stuff. Not that yeah. I think that they would consciously doing that, but they've taken a different approach and I th- I'm really excited to hear what the album sounds like. I love the new single and I think you're right. Like it does take me back a bit. I mean, even there, like everyone loves you once you leave them, have a bit of that on it. Yeah. But I, I think... I think Chasing Ghosts, I think, set my expectations for what heavy music should be. Yeah. Sorry, what metalcore should be in the modern day. And to be honest, I, I, I think, I don't think as many bands have done as well. I don't think there was an Al Miles as obsessed over that was a metalcore record after Chasing Ghosts as much as Chasing Ghosts until All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us, I think. Mm-hmm. Um. I can't think of a metalcore record that was as influential into what I listened to for a long period of time as much as that. Yeah. And I think that's really special, especially it being an Aussie band, especially being an Aussie band that I'd seen live a hundred times at like local gigs, small rooms, seeing a band get that big and then tour that record around the world and then get big overseas, like was just awesome. And I think today I listen to that record and I'm just like, fuck, it still hits me in the feels every time. And you just feel like, yeah, it just takes me back. It's a special record. Yeah. And it's something that kind of, if you make that record, if a band makes that record, it's that kind of magic that you are going to struggle to kind of remake again. And look, but like what? Let the Ocean Take Me was their next. And that album is slaps. And it's, yeah, there's a reason right why that's arguably their most popular as well. Yeah. Um, because that's got just as many bangers on it. It's nearly just as good, but yeah. it just doesn't hit for me the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and like, yes, they've changed their sound over time, but that, I think all their records have aged very well, except for a few of the early mixtapes or even, I don't even know if they're on the mixtapes anymore on the vinyl or anything. I think they've taken them off, but there are a few tracks I was like, Ooh, that hasn't aged well, but mm. a lot of like chasing goes ages really well. And there's a reason why the repress went a bit crazy. Don't know why the fuck they pressed it on a yellow piss yellow variant. 
But fuck, what do you do? I got the blue. This is what I got it the is. The ocean man. in my hands. <laughs> All right. So, um, should we do our power rankings of back then? Let's do the power rankings. Do we normally play Smash here? We haven't done this in a while. <laughs> yeah, play the Smash, Phil. Play the Smash again. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, so, from back then, I'll start with my number five. Go ahead. Okay, so my number five is going to be. Ooh, um, let's see. I love how prepared oh. you are, Dave. They could be all. <laughs> they could all be number one. Honestly, I'm having a trouble. Parkway Drive, Atlas. You did no preparation. What is wrong with you, Dave? I wrote a big list of albums. <laughs> yeah, you did. My number five is Red by Taylor Swift. Okay. Cool. So four for me is going to be Diamond by Stick to Guns. Mine is Get What You Give by The Ghost Inside. That's my number three. Really? Yep. My number three. My number three is Channel Orange by Frank Ocean. Oh, very good. Yeah. My number two is Enter Shikaria Flash Flood of Color. Same. So number your number one. one your number one is Chasing Ghosts by The Under the Affliction. And it's mine as well. <laughs> Very good. Who would have guessed? Um, who would have guessed? Hmm. Look at us go. Um, I need a break. Okay. Let's play <laughs> a song. Of it. Let's play. Yeah, let's fucking play a song. What song do you want to play? Um, the big one from Floral Green. Yep, let's do it. All right, while you all get sad, we're going to keep this in. When everyone gets sad, we're going to take a break. (laughs) We'll be back.
Sweet. So that last segment was the albums and power rankings that we listened to back in 2012. Uh, yep. There's been a heap of other stuff that's come out since, and um, we're going to kind of just go through a few that, that we've discovered since 2012 or, or recently, or, or we've been late to the party. Um, so I'll kick it off. I'm going to go with uh, Birds in Row, so the French uh, screamo band, nice. uh, You, Me, and The Violence. I recently picked this up on vinyl. I kind of really started listening to them in the last year. Through my mm-hmm. um, through my screamo deep dive, yeah. and um, yeah, really really enjoyable record for me. It's probably not for everyone, but it's uh, I wanted to note it because that's kind of their their first big album. They're amazing. I think they're really really good. I think the thing I love about them most is that he sings in English, and he explains yeah. it. I listened to him on a podcast, and he explained that it's much harder to kind of rhyme and storytell in French. And so mm. that's why he chose to sing in English and then it's more accessible for everyone. So I went through a phase where I listened to a, a bit of French rap mm-hmm. and that shit, that language is beautiful, man. And I'm not talking about like rom-com shit. I'm talking like yeah. it is so cool to listen to when they're talking that quick. And, and you know, I think I just... I imagine what the stories are about <laughs> and what the words mean because I have no idea, but no, I can, yeah, I know what you mean. And I think they're, they're a great band. Like they, they're a bit crazy. They're a bit chaotic, but they're not like too screamo. I think they've, they've got a really good balance going on there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I'm going to go through a heavy, heavy boy, heavy boy okay. that you mentioned earlier. Um, no matter where it ends by black sheet wall. Mm-hmm. They're a band that I only got into this year or late last year through our friend Chuck and through like the recent records uh, that have been pressed and so forth. I I have never listened to anything quite like it. And mind you, I haven't listened to anything like it where I've been so kind of, wow, like it, how amazing it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, what would you call it? It's like fucking just dark. It's like, it's it's like doom metal slash sludge, yeah. but slash, but not as dirty as some other bands. So it's like almost yeah. metalcore sludge or doom metalcore. I don't even know. I don't, yeah, I think I think what did it for me was the vocals, especially on um, "I'm Going to Kill Myself." That record. Um, I think that's what brought me into the band, and it wasn't so much like the music was good. Listen to a lot of post stuff that's quite similar. Yeah. Um, that is kind of as as doom and gloomy and, and as heavy as that. I think that the 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 vocals on, on "I'm Going to Kill Myself" got me interested, and then I think the more and more I listened and the more and more I kind of ex- expanded into their earlier stuff, it kind of opened my eyes a bit more to the genre, or the subgenre of heavy music. And mm-hmm. this is one that you know I think is incredible. Um, I can't wait to get it on vinyl. It's still sitting at my con gateway, and um. Yeah, I, I think this is a really special band and one I've listened to quite a lot this year. Yeah. I really enjoy um, I'm Going to Kill Myself and I haven't really dove too far deep in because I don't want to FOMO buy those records because they're, they're a bit spenny. <laughs> um, but bit yeah, I, um, I appreciate their talent and f- oh. 
like I didn't realize they'd been around for that long. I thought they were just some uh, like a new band, but uh, they're. Sick. I wonder if I wonder if they'll make it to Furnace Fest. I don't know if they're quite a Furnace Fest band, but there's a chance. Yeah, they're very Probably niche. Not. They could. There's every chance. I'd love to see them live. I'm spewing that. I mean, yeah, I hope they come back. Um, the next one I want to talk to is Make Do Amend, Everything You Ever Loved. Yep. So uh, one of those wave bands. Uh, kind of got onto them late, but this album is really good. It's um, it's not really hardcore. It's more of that um, just like indie rock, norm, like straight up rock. But yep. the sounds are great. It sounds awesome. I uh, picked mm-hmm. up a, rec- a, a copy of it for like $17. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just a... Another another mention for one that I actually spin, probably spun it like five times this year. Yep. Nice. I don't remember you buying that. Can't keep tabs on you, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to go through my last screamy boy before I get a bit all um, alternative rock slash emo. Um, A Son, A Disease by The Elijah. I'm sure you're going to bring this up. Yep. Uh, you introduced me to this band when I was kind of coming to you for give me more traditional or give me more new age melodic hardcore music because I was kind of going down a rabbit hole. And I don't know how I miss this band completely. And I think this EP especially, it, it's not on Apple Music and I think that's why. Mm-hmm. I think it's on Spotify, but I, I didn't use Spotify for a long time. Um, it's just, it's it's a perfect uh, modern day melodic hardcore yeah slash screamo kind of music uh record um and one that i listen to quite a lot you know i've actually got two copies of this record now (laughs) um and it's my first nebula is it nebula galaxy Mm -hmm. whatever whatever one it is that i want on the wheel um that is just like such a special record to me it's so pretty I think it's just that this, this band's really special. And I don't know what it is about melodic hardcore, but it just will always do it for me, I think, from the here on out in my life. The guitars, the music, I talk about, I've spoken about it on countless episodes, countless times. Go and listen to this EP because it's really fucking good. Not too long, just really good shit. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, I'd only just like started listening to this like two weeks before um, and we're in the vinyl group and Alex, who runs Diff Cut, who... Um, He's a friend of the show. Um, put a, put up a sales post, and I saw Elijah the Elijah in his list, but I didn't realize it was an alt cover. So I was like, messaging him like, "Hey, dude, I can't see the Elijah on there." And he like took another photo and sent it through to me. Um, oh, so you didn't realize it didn't have the baby on the front? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize uh. it was the the alt cover. And he's like, "Oh no, it's this one." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, sweet, I'll take it." I only listened to it once, and I was just like, "I need need this," and it just popped up. Yeah. And, it's one of those things where you just kind of pull the trigger and um, started off a nice, nice friendship with Alex, and he um, held on to a couple of things for me over the over the last couple of years. And but this was, yeah, a great pickup. I haven't got the Nebula or anything. I've got the, I think it's called the Marigold, which is like, the orange one. Yeah, it's got orange with black and white, like smoke through it. It's really nice. I think I've got the, um, I think I've got yeah. that one too. Yeah. Yeah, there's two orange ones. I'm not sure which one I've got. It's um, yeah. the marigold or something else. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, 
the next one I wanted to talk talk about. I forgot that Um, was my one. Yeah, both spoke about it. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" (laughs) (laughs) So the next one we'll talk about is "Converge: All the Love We Leave Behind." Nice, huge record. I actually not that I missed it. I had already had a copy of um, "Axe the Fall" on vinyl. And this came out, and I remember Aimless Arrow, but I didn't really go back in 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 on it, not until we really started to to talk to Chuck again, yeah, um, through COVID, and he was like, we just started talking about him. I started listening to him again, and and that's like we're talking about eras, and I really enjoy this era of Converge. It's it's not as super chaotic. I still love pretty much all the records in different ways. Mm. But this is more of a metal metal one. I don't know. But it's it's a, like I can't say mature because they've been a band since 1990. So it's like <laughs> yeah, a long time. Um, but yeah, there's something about it. I just really enjoy it. And it's just like it's a good mix of that chaos and a, a little bit of not chaos and mel- melody and, and stuff like that. So. I know I did the um, listening to them from the start and moving forward. I don't actually think I got up to this record, not because I just so many. There's so many, but the early stuff I really loved. So I think every time I listened to them, I'd be like, I just want to go back and listen to that. I think I'll I'll make my way through to this record eventually. But um, yeah, I know I've heard you speak about this record a few times actually. So Mm. yeah. Nice. Nice. My next one, I've got three more I really want to talk about, and there's a few okay. others that will get some special mentions as we go through yep. the lists. Sure. I think I'm going to start with um, Museum by Ballpark Music. Okay. Now, I mentioned earlier about my journey with uh, like indie rock, and this is a band that I kind of found through that space in a way. I went to, so 2012, and this is funny, so I, f- I kind of did find this record in 2012 in a way, but I didn't love it really until the next year in 2013. So I remember I turned 18 in September that new year's I went to falls festival in Maun, And it was like the first time I went to a camping festival. Like I was just like out of my mind, not knowing what the hell was going on. I went with friends that I worked with who were like older than me. (laughs) Um, So I kind of just felt like, I just felt like I was living my best life. Right. And we're at falls and it was like early in the day and this band comes out and this little fucking like indie band that looked like they were got taken straight from Tumblr. They're wearing their like knits. They've got backpacks on. It's like fucking 35 degrees. I'm thinking, what the hell's going on? They come out and they play and they they were just like this. They were just perfect. They were perfect for the day. They're still perfect now. This just like fun, energetic indie rock band. Um, they play this first song and then they take the backpack off. And you know what's in the fucking backpack? a kettle, a boiled kettle. And I wondered why he was singing like he had something up his ass because he wasn't moving. <laughs> he, didn't and then he, pour, he literally pours a fucking tea, cup of tea, like the Tumblr band they were, and keep playing with a cup of tea and a saucer in, in his hand. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? I went back and listened to their record. Um, Museum was their second. I listened to their first and I loved it. And then it wasn't until I saw them the next year, they played at Triple J's One Night Stand in Dubbo. And me and my friends drove up and then this album was like mainly their songs that they were playing with. And I fell in love with this record after that. 
And I think mm. they've been a band I've been listening to ever since. And um, like two, two of my best friends in life, Bree and, and my friend Cheney, who I'm still friends with today, um, it's like a band that we'll always bond over. And it's just, yeah, it was a great album. I can't believe it's that old. Awesome. So I'm going to do one more and then you can do two back to back. Can you voice handle that? Oh, <clears throat> yeah, no, I can do it. <laughs> um, so the last one I want to talk about is another Screamo find from, from this year's Deep Dive. And it was it's called We, well, the band's We Were Skeletons and the album's Blame and Aging. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, recently got this. Um, I've been listening to it heaps. It's really really much on the edge of that chaos and ambience. It could almost be po- like post-rock with some screaming and some, some aggressive fast parts. It's just really awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know how else to, to describe it, but yeah, I'm going to be talking about these screamo bands for a while to come, I think. And it's just yeah. so much fun. So much fun finding them and, and kind of just seeing where it takes us and, and the different, parts the different there's like female singers that sound like like angrier than some of the guys that sing and it's really really fun little rabbit hole i'm on yeah i'm really glad you're on that rabbit hole because i don't have the patience to listen to all those bands and find ones i like so you usually feed through the good ones to me yeah. um but we were skeletons are one that I, I haven't listened to enough of but i remember when i first listened to them i was like all right dave's on something good here um there's, you've just given me so many other bands like that I'll listen to instead. So mm-hmm. they're, they're really good. I That's can't believe... Fun. I didn't realize they were that old. I thought they were 25 yeah. years old. Yeah. So um, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really love this one. So I, I actually... It skipped up the line of on my want list and I grabbed a copy. It was like, they're not expensive. That's my favorite part about Screamo as well. I can get like a an album on tape for like seven dollars this was like 10 so it's um it's it's getting that habit without spending 50 to 60 dollars on on a record must be nice (laughs) (laughs) um all right i'm gonna hit you with a few Mm back-to-backs um you know i'm looking at this list and i actually feel i'm not doing this list justice because i'm only talking about two more at depth but it maybe as we go through and read out the ones that we didn't talk to we might just do a stop and cheeky plug on a few because I'm looking at this list and I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. There is some good shit. Oh, yeah. Um, the first one I'm going to talk about is one that I've actually been trying to get you to listen to quite a bit lately. And it's uh, their modern baseball. Mm-hmm. And so they release sports um, in this year, which is a was their first record. And it's not my favorite record, but I think it has some of my favorite songs on it. I went to Falls Festival. I went to a lot of Falls Festivals and um, I went one year and there's always a few token like punky pop punk bands or rock rock bands or something like that that are a bit not so much Indian rap and EDM and all that. And I remember being in the tent one day and I walked past and this band had just started like literally come out and said, hi, we're modern baseball. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck is this? Um, And they started playing this song and it was like, this whiny fucking shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> like typical Midwest emo pop punk kind of thing. And I was like, what the fuck? I was, go- I was going back to the tent at the time and I walked into the tent, I walked into the, the, the tent where the show was and I just was in awe. 
and there was not many people there. I was at the barrier, mm-hmm. like on the side a bit, just standing there. And I was like, who is this band and how have I never heard of them before? And this was after Holy Ghost had come out. So it would have been like maybe the 2015 or 2016. No, it can't even be 2016. It was one of those two years. I can't remember the year. Um, and I was in love. And then I remember going home being like, who is this band? They're playing at, the, they're playing at um, billboards that night. So we got back from Falls. And then the next day they were playing in Melbourne and I'm like, I need to go. Got a ticket, went to the show on my own. One of the best nights of my life. Wow. I just danced, like had so much fun. One of the first solo shows I went to and no one, not, like, not, none of my friends listened to them. I don't think, none of my friends really listened to Midwest email at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just a really good special time. And sports is a great record and modern baseball need to come back. And they broke up after that tour. So they, they didn't come back to Australia, but I was so lucky I got to see them twice. Um, it was just really special. So awesome. Yeah. Um, the other one I want to talk about, which is actually a big dog for me, um, it's a record that I really love and a band that I really loved, but it is basement. Yep. They released, um, color me and kindness. I didn't realize in this year. And this is my favorite record by them. I think, I think it was my first record I bought from them for sure. But this all stemmed from the whole title fight me going down that rabbit hole of a different kind of emo, um, different kind of emo music I went through. I found Basement, found this record a year or two later, and it was actually through watching YouTube stuff. And this came up in an algorithm on YouTube, and I was just like, I was I was hooked, you know? And yeah, I mean, it's a big reason why I listen to a lot of the music I listen to today was Title Fight, and this is a big part of it. This is a record that I listen to quite a lot. You know, I've got all the Basement records now, I think I just need one seven inch and I've got them all. Oh, nice. Um, and they're just a great band. And this record in particular is elite, like no skips, front to back, bangers. So, yeah. That's awesome. They just released the deluxe edition. I'm not sure I did you... see that. I did yeah. see that. Uh, I nearly bought it, but didn't need it. Oh, you can stream it. Um, I really like I Wish I Could Stay Here, which is the year before. And I haven't really oh, dove in. Record. That, that sample, that sample at the start of that record, it still like gives me goosebumps. Yeah. I'll talk about perfectly placed samples. I don't think there's much better in our scene. Mm. Except for like fucking bullshit, bloody breakdown samples. But like that to start <laughs> the record, I'm like, oof, that's good shit. Yeah. Awesome. So, so, so now we'll do power rankings for currently. So... So if I'm where correct, the- I'm saying this. So this is where the ones we spoke to before, as well as the new stuff we listened to, what's our like ultimate, ultimate top, top five. Perfect. Great. Yeah. So some may fall out. Some may still be there. So we'll, we'll go go from there. You know what? Can I just say, I'm glad the ones we've spoken about so far, none of them have been canceled. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Maybe a few of the ones that we'll talk to after. <laughs> Might be cancelled, but <laughs> maybe I'm not sure. I can't remember. I don't keep track. People are probably listening at home, being like, "How have you not fucking spoken about Blink One Eight Two? Yeah, <laughs> and well, stuff like that. And I'm like, it came we'll out this there, year. We'll <laughs> okay, we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um. Anyways, we're okay. going to start with what's your five? My number five is going to be. I'm, I love the Atlas's. Is- I'm going to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Atlas is dropping out. 
And so I'm going to replace the Atlas with All We Love We Leave Behind by Converge. Say that again. I'm replacing Atlas with Converge. Are you even Australian? Hey, you just said you hate <laughs> Parkway Drive, so just what's your number five, drive. bro? My number five is, I'm sorry to say that the Queen Taylor Swift has been dropped. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I listen to Taylor's version now because I'm a real Taylor Swift fan and that's what you need to do. Mm. <laughs> so the Ghost Inside Get What You Give drops to number five. Still in my top five. Still a super influential album. I listen to quite a lot. It's no returners in my opinion, but it's fucking good stuff. Yeah. So get what you give is number four for me now. So it was number four for me. Um, it dropped to five and then I've replaced it with the sign of disease by the Elijah. Mm. Very nice. I don't think my top three changes. So I've still got exister in top as number three. Yep. What oh, about you? my number three did change. So Frank Ocean is no longer at number three and Basement Colonine Kindness is number three. Okay. So does Frank Ocean drop out completely? God, no. He went up to number two, baby. Ages like a fine wine. Okay. So my number two is still Enter Shikari. Yeah. Um, yeah, that dropped out for me. I, I, I think it's just, it's nostalgic and it's it's iconic for me and it's one of my favorite records, but I couldn't put it in front of any of these. Um, and I couldn't drop it. I couldn't pull it up to number one where oh, Amity uh, still sits. Yeah, Amity still sits number one for me too. It's the GOAT. <laughs> for 2012. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. Right. <laughs> Couldn't even give him like a little bit longer to be the GOAT. And you have to be like, only for 2012, man. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's the GOAT um, of my rarest records. Pretty, pretty, say. pretty good list. I think it's interesting to see what came in and out. Yeah. Um. I'm surprised Converge went into your number five. I listen to that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm surprised. Sorry. That... Yeah. I'm surprised that Inter-Shikari dropped out, but that's fine. Well. You've got some big hitters there. There's... I Look, mean. It's I... hard to fit everything into five. I traded you my copy of it. Well, I mean, I kind of bought it for you anyway, but because um, I knew like you're probably more bigger fan of the band than I am. I'll get my copy, but I just think. With what I listen to today, mm-hmm. I'll put on Shikari for a nostalgia kick. Yeah. And for when I'm like, it's not something I can put on every day. Whereas my sad boy life, the Elijah basement, Ghost Inside, Frank Ocean, Amity. Like I listen to these bands all the time and those records in particular. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why. But like special mentions has to go to Shikari. Um, yeah, has to. Yeah. Some other thing. And Taylor Swift is still up there as well. All the bands I spoke to are still really high up there. And even ones that we didn't talk about, like we'll go through the list now and run them off quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And we maybe might say a few words about a few, <laughs> but okay. um, I'm just mindful of the time. Sorry, listeners. You know, I like to waffle. Um, but... So I'll start. So oh, all right. do you want to go first? Well, you can go first. Okay. So um, this is just the, the other stuff that came out. So we had Real Friends, Everyone That Dragged You Here. Great EP. Great EP. Uh, we had Every Time I Die, X Lives. Very good album. Very good album. <laughs> kind of stitched up that we didn't give it some time, hey? Yeah, yeah. Um, we had Pennywise All or Nothing. Mm. Not bad album. First first album without Jim, the original singer. Yeah. 
We have Architects Daybreaker, which I'm surprised you didn't talk about. But well, we I spoke about it in the pod. I think the other records are probably bigger for me, to be honest. Yeah. Like, if it was any of the later albums, the next three, I would have spoken about all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just think we've spoken about it. I've given it its time. I don't, you know, yeah. you all know how I feel about it. It's a great yeah. album. And uh, Buried in Verona, Notorious. Can I just ask? This is a band that I've never listened to. They're yeah. an Aussie band, right? Yep. UNSD. People froth them. Are they good? Should I give them a listen? They're not bad. I had their record on vinyl uh, for a I while. I just think it's kind of cringe, the artwork. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the artwork. But it's like... Um, it's like... It's almost like Hand of Mercy meets um stray from the path it's got that like rappy singing okay. rappy vocals i'll give it i'll give it a listen it's not bad and that whole notorious biv thing i'm like oh it's just like yeah it's a bit they came away uh, pretty quickly anyways <laughs> when i hit a shit on them um some other monstrous records that came out in 2012 this one not so much but <laughs> go by motion city soundtrack mm-hmm. um arguably their most underwhelming record but that's okay yep uh, Lost at the Bottom of the World by Anchors. Yeah, Aussie band. Um, yeah, really good. Just like straight up hardcore. Uh, Divination by In Hearts Wake. I feel a bit dirty that we didn't give this a go. It probably deserved it. It's a pretty great record. Yeah. Come on. It's pretty good. But Have you listened to the anniversary series of um, UNFD's anniversary thing, the podcast I did? No. The In Hearts Wake records really... A record the in hearts wake episodes actually quite good mm. and they talk about like this record being written and i, I it, it kind of changed my perspective a bit on it okay you should go and listen to it it's quite good okay i'll queue it up um and then the next one is failed states by propaganda i'm surprised you didn't talk about this one yeah it's um it's a decent follow-up to um supporting cast which is probably yeah. my favorite record by them um, they're a yeah, huge band, but their early yeah. stuff is, it's a really good album, but, uh, their early stuff's a bit better. Yeah. Um, do you want to kick off the next bracket? Yep. Uh, so we have, uh, self-titled by Gallows. Uh, that's the first album that they put out with Wade McNeil, the singer. Yep. Um, yeah, pretty decent. Not too, not too bad. Something mm-hmm. I thought you'd bring up is uh, Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City. I, I wanted to. And I think when looking at the list, I had Frank Ocean's probably a bigger hip-hop rap album. For, well, not even rap, but just in that space. I needed to talk about that. And I think the other ones, I need to try and fit in, like balance in that Amity along with like the other metalcore and hardcore stuff I was listening to. So mm-hmm. I didn't. I think this record though, it almost, it gave me a different lens to rap. I don't think there was many rappers that I was like obsessed with, like Kanye at the time. Yeah. And then I think this record came out and it was the first one I heard from Kendrick as well. It mm-hmm. kind of blew my mind. And I think it's still like an iconic record, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it arguably deserves its time. And if we were doing like, not just our favorite records and we're doing the best records of the year, this one probably has a right to be top three, okay. <laughs> um, in my opinion. Yeah. I've got it on vinyl, so that's how good of a rap album it is. Look at you. <laughs> your, your three rap albums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one to have. Yeah. I still think Damn's better. That's going to be a hot take, but yeah. Damn, I think, is still like the goat. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Um, another one we've spoken about extensively on the uh, on the um, a lot of car core episode already was uh, DJD by um, being as an ocean. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised you didn't bring this up to be honest. Yeah, there's lots of stuff on there. I sounds good on wax since you've yeah. got it. Don't have any. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. What? I just tried. Oh it for no. It. No, I didn't, you didn't get that. You you sold it. And that's how I, I spun it. I was the middleman, yep. but it wasn't to yep. you. Yeah, sorry, dude. That sounds yeah. really good on Wax. Yeah, that's fine. Um, the last one I'll mention is uh, the Anthology Live set by Thrice, which is an awesome set. Nice. First li- only first and only live on, on the uh, list. Yeah. Um. So a few that I'm surprised neither of us brought up, to be honest. I was really close to, but Teenage Haze by Departures. Mm. great record great band just not as good as their follow-up album in my opinion which is why i didn't talk about it same Uh, the next one was dogs eating dogs by blink i love this ep and i probably could have and probably should have spoken about it but yeah i just it's great it doesn't stack up for me as much as some of the other things we've spoken about yeah me too um i'm just gonna let me just like rattle off the rest Yep. So these are the suggestions that we got from the Press Conference Society. So thanks to everyone who commented on the post. Yeah. Um, I know we did have a few that were in the list as well. So there are a few yep. double ups. So you would have heard us already talk about some of them. But thank sure. you to everyone that kind of shouted out for that. Um, I can't believe Take Me Home by One Direction came out in 2012. That's pretty hectic. And uh, I, I know you love this record, Dave. Um, so I'm surprised you didn't talk about it. <laughs> I could not name one song. I can name one out of one um, member now. So thanks to you. Well, by the time we do next year's, I expect you to give a full brief rundown on, on this record. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a pretty iconic record, to be honest. I think it also deserves a time in uh, memorable records from the year. Um, so thank you, May, for suggesting that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, on the other side of the coin... Unfortunately, uh, Nick um, gave us that shit show from Green Day. That 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 three record they put out. Can I just say that they're the, they're the top three for worst album covers in history. Um, the worst. They're they're not very good. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of you know like your grandparents used to have those like those CDs that had like five in them in the box and it had like a dodgy car on the front. That's mm-hmm. what it reminds me of. It's really just dodgy like, yeah. three pack. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so thank you for that, Nick. Um, Alex actually hit us with some good ones. I didn't realize that Collide with the Sky by Pierce the Veil came out in 2012. Mm. That record has some of like the most iconic songs in the scene today, I think, on it. So I can't believe... I can't believe that's that old. Um, and Some Nights by Fun. I know it probably goes away from your hardcore tough guy mentality, Dave, but that record is also fantastic. Okay. I believe you. Um, and Nick Simonson hit us with some with some spicy boys as well. Uh, Koi no Yokan by Deftones, mm-hmm. um, which I actually enjoyed after, listening to the, after talking with Nick about Deftones. I listened to that record and it's actually not bad. Um. He also mentioned The Afterman by Coheed and Cambria came out that year. Yep. Um, I didn't give that a listen because I think it was just after I stopped listening to Coheed. Yep. Um, but Coloss by Mashuga also came out in 2012. And he loves Mashuga. Pretty epic. Mashuga, is it? 
Meshuggah? I don't know. Um, so that's the list that we had. Uh, I'm sure there is more that's come out, and please get angry us in the DMs, let us know what we missed. But I think it's a pretty comprehensive list of things that came out 10 years ago. And when you look back, there's a lot of variety in this list. Yeah. And it's bitter for yeah. everyone. So, and it's, yeah, it's not complete. It's just from what um, boy had, what I had in my music library and, and, and we went from there. But it's um, great to see how good music was. Like we talk about, I think it's 2001 being the, the goat of music years and this is not far behind it. 2012 was a really good year. Um, and, you know, as we were doing this research and I'm, we're talking about some of this music and I'm, I was actually thinking, I was on my phone looking up albums, maybe I could talk about that. But a lot of them came out in 2013. So if we do this next year and the people do like this kind of format and like digging up these old records, 2013 is going to be an absolute bop. Um because I've already written some down that I'm like, holy shit, that's a 2013 record. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this has been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for everyone who's listened this far. Um, I know it's been a bit of a trek, but, uh, you know, we like to, to kind of get as much information in as we can. So, it's only um, been two hours. Like, I mean, we've had longer. Yeah. <laughs> There's been we're, songs. We're not in just between. talking about, it's not like we're making people talk, listen to, two hours of us talking about Blink-182. We're talking about some different things. Like yeah. maybe they'll, they'll, they'll find some interest. There's definitely been um, some good variety. Um, but yeah, so thanks for listening so far. Um, thanks for all the feedback. Join the society. Hit us up if you can't get into it. Um, you can find us on Facebook at press.con.pod. Uh, the same is on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Give us a review if you want. Hit us up with the albums that we've missed. Uh, We enjoyed the feedback. And look out for the banter on TikTok because I think it's going to come in hot over the next couple of weeks. I was about to say, I know you plug the society, but I think over the next month, as we get into the new year, you know, Dave, we've been talking a lot about what we can do with the pod next year and how can we just get bigger, right? And how can we keep bringing you pressing topics that you didn't ask for? Um, so yeah, please join, join the society. Um, let us know if that, that you hate us or that you love us or you want us to talk about something. Yep. And I've been upping my TikTok game, Dave, you know, I'm a bit OCD. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very meticulous with what I post and not because I think like I'm a perfectionist. I'm just like weird. Um, I've been, I've been, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to take you down the TikTok games. Send it. I'm just going to send it. First first drafts only. First drafts only, please. <laughs> Doosh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see you next time, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you later, Dave. Bye. Bye.